I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Darkwing Duck, and I'm listening to the Canned Air Podcast. How about you? Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today to talk about his book, Stellar Detective Tales, Scott Markley. Welcome back to the show, Scott. How's it going, guys? I was looking at our uh, Skype conversation from when, we were, uh, when you were on the show last. It was all the way back in 2014. Oh my that's, god. That's a long time ago. That's a long freaking time ago. How does that happen? I can't even believe we've been doing that this doing this that long. I think Blockbuster <laughs> was still in Do you feel old now? A little bit. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> we have a good show lined up for you today in our retro round table. We're gonna be talking about superpowers. Uh, some of our favorites and uh, I guess those we wish we had. Tomato tomato, right? Right. The same category, I suppose. Then in the comic dump bin, a few things we're going to be talking about. What do you got, Jake? I've got uh, a weird little one-off horror comic by a very weird little horror writer uh, called The Enigma of Amigara Fault. This comic is news to no one but myself, but it is horrifying, so I can't wait to share it. I can't wait to hear it. I'm going to be talking about uh, an excerpt from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, believe it or not. I, I seem to check in about every 25 <laughs> yeah, episodes see how they're or doing. so. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, a few comics we'll be touching on there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Scott and talk about Stellar Detective Tales. So, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And here we go. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, guys, superpowers. Where do we start? Who would like to start? I'll, I'll start really quick just to get this one out in the air. Teleportation. That's oh. my number one end of story. I didn't even Nothing think about will convince that. me otherwise. That is my. That was one on my list, too. Yeah. The amount of commuting I do, teleportation would be a dream. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and it almost derails everything I want to say just because I'm so jazzed about the idea of teleportation. I don't want to jinx it if some cosmic event gives me a superpower. Whatever entity is like, well, he likes teleportation, but he also mentioned such and such. No, that's my number one. <laughs> Would it be the where you could go anywhere or you had to have been there before or just visual? Oh, like it's a like distance wise. What was that movie where the guy seen? could see a picture and just he, if he saw the picture, he could teleport there? I think that was Jumper. Yeah, that one. I'd, I'd take the jumper style, like as long as you can visualize. I'd do the nightcrawler thing where you've got to be like pretty sure where you're going. I'll take any shade of teleportation. Hell, I'd even <laughs> do it if it had to be something within my line of sight. Because then I could just like leapfrog yeah. my way to wherever I'm going. Yeah, the, go, the Goku up. teleportation where you just put your hand on your head and just, <laughs> just zipping around. Yeah, instant transmission. Hayden Christensen was in Jumper, right? I'm not we, sure. we don't talk about Jumper except for the reference. <laughs> Fair enough, Scott. Come Fair on, enough. guys. Let's not disparage the Citizen Kane of our generation. <laughs> well, I'm extremely curious to hear uh, what's on Scott's list. He said he's been thinking about this all day. So I've been talking to a bunch of people, and my sister gave me perhaps the most creative one that I've never heard before. The superpower to fill up any container, to refill any container with whatever was in it before. Oh, oh, wow. Gas, water. It's one I'd never heard before, but it, it it would be so useful. The possibilities are endless. There's money in that, too. God, work for some oil company and just keep refilling their drums yeah. or something. You'd be rich. And then, I, but I asked her what, like, could you, if your boat was sinking, could you refill it with air? Like, what's what's the ah. what's the level here? Um, I thought that flying would be a very terrible superpower because you'd be cold up That's in there. That's exactly cold, what I've always suffocating. thought. Between flying and being like the Flash, being able to run really fast, like you'd freeze before you got anywhere you yeah. were going. Flying, I, it makes you think you'd have to have real, uh, like, be able to concentrate on what you're doing. And if anything, like, broke your concentration, you'd fall. Texting and flying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be days. Like, as soon as I 
developed the ability to fly. There'd just be a, a timer in the corner of my mind at all times until I get chewed up by a jet turbine. <laughs> well, when it comes to flying, and I, I always think of uh, Peter Pan and, and the criteria on being able to fly. <laughs> right. It was like, you have to think like, happy You got to believe, like, you got to be happy. Boy, like, I'd oh, be come fun, on, man. man. I'm not flying anywhere. I'm just going <laughs> to jump to my death. And if I do achieve a happy thought, it's not going to stay there. You get three, four seconds of airtime. I'll be halfway to Neverland, and you'll just see me like a shooting star like behind <laughs> Big Ben out there. There he goes. Homeboy <laughs> be like for Ghostbuster. a minute. Be like in Ghostbusters when Ray all of a sudden thought of the Marshmallow Man. You'd be flying, and all of a sudden thought about something terrible, and all of a sudden you're plunging. I couldn't help it. Pop right in there. <laughs> Remember when your dog died. Oh, man. The power to refill things, though, Scott. So let me ask about this. If my bank account has run low, can I refill it? Oh, that's See, kind of abstract. This was, this was the, the important question. Well, like, it, it's a container. She, so she said she could refill any container. So I guess if you filled a container full of money and then took money out of it, you could just, like, sit there and just refill it? I would hope that'd be the criteria. I mean, like, say you're using, like, an old, like, jelly jar to keep changing or something. <laughs> Your change runs out. You wish to refill it, and it refills with jelly. Like, is it was it the origin of what that container held, or is it just anything See, that's that the thing. In? Supposing it's this very specific thing where the effect of the power is dependent on the intended use of the container. If it's mm. a gas can, it fills with gas. If it's a jelly jar, it fills with jelly. A mason jar fills up with green beans or <laughs> tomato sauce. Pickled radishes. <laughs> <laughs> Never go hungry again. Man, that really it is would, a superpower that you can just sit and think about. I'm sorry, yeah. Scott. Go ahead. It would be it would be a good one, but I don't know how to make it any more exciting than that. Like, it's just... Oh, poof. that's exciting. That's exciting. The possibilities are practically endless. It's just new territory for your mind to wander around in, so that's why there's no immediate reaction. Because as soon as you said it, both of our eyes just... Wow. Money. You can practically hear the cash rate, like, ching Yeah, know? yeah, for real. It's one I'd never heard before. I'd never heard it before. I was like, wow, that's, that's weird. It'd make a terrible comic, yeah. but it would make a fantastic <laughs> superpower. <laughs> I don't know, because if you told me the plot of Chew before Chew came out, I'd be like, that sounds stupid. And apparently and Chew's, Chew's super good, so I don't know. I guess you and never know. And look at Jubilee. How does she manage to get in comics? Right. I'd take this power over hers. Fire. I'm sure they would, too. Who the hair, yeah, who but cares about does, shooting does a mall baby chili fries? Like, Say that again? Does a mall baby chili fries? Wasn't that Jubilee's thing from the from the, from the TV show? Don't play that. I bet I don't Jesus. remember. You caught me there. Caught me. Some, someone God. catch it. Someone catch it. Someone who's listening, go find X Men episode one back in the day. Like, retweet, and subscribe if you know the catchphrase. Exactly. <laughs> one with the theme song that goes like na 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 na. I'm gonna one. have to go look for that now. Hey, we're gonna have to. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. You know what? No, you go ahead. I no, I had to nothing to say. Go I was going to say, me and my friends used to do this thing where we thought of the least useful superpowers. Oh, and we okay. came up with some winners. One was like, you know how Aquaman can call sea life to his aid and the fish and things <laughs> gather around him? What if you had the he ability... He superpower, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he had the capability, super or otherwise. He does otherwise. the same thing a whistle could probably... <laughs> right, or like, you know, food from a little tin. Um... <laughs> What if you had the ability to conjure bees the way Aquaman conjures fish, Ooh. but not the ability to tell them what to do? Oh, so you're just like subconsciously, yeah, like bringing bees <laughs> into hard, your yeah, own hardly adult. ability. <laughs> yeah. And then does the other one. Does that only work for bees, or does that work for like bees and wasps and no, just, just bees? Just deadly Africanized honeybees. Oh, God. <laughs> Once That's they get worse. there, you've got no control of them. And the other thing was the ability. It's like having a psychic power, like Jean Grey or whatever. But you telepathically know every time Oprah Winfrey has an orgasm. Oh, and that's it. That's oh, your whole power. Man. I don't think you'd, you'd get notified very often. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of the spoiled dinners. You'd be having the greatest day of your life. Like, ah, it's a beautiful day. Here with my best gal, walking my dog in the park. And you get that feeling like, ding. Like, oh, <laughs> Your Twitter account might be very popular, though. Yeah. There goes my smile. <laughs> Opie just owed <laughs> Get that on a t-shirt. Candera Copyright Apparel. Candy. 
Oh my god. Um, any other useless powers you got there? Um, yeah, being able... We got on a kind of a telepathy kick. Mm. Being able to read the minds of others, but only when they're thinking something negative about you. Well, I mean, I, I think... I can read minds all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. power. That was a, a power that came to mind thinking about this category was telepathy, like Charles Xavier. And I got right. to thinking, you know, that'd be cool. But at the same time... I would be destroyed knowing what people think. Oh, my God. Think. I, like, I couldn't handle the real truth. Oh, I know. I would implode. I think anybody would. My my girlfriend, that was when I told her about this, she said that would be her superpower is, is Jean Grey's uh, like mind reading and, and stuff like that. And I was like, we would not be together if you had <laughs> If you only know what I was thinking about. Yeah, but like even God, like all jokes aside, a power like that kind of necessitates a life of solitude, right? Unless you've got such control over it that you don't inadvertently, you know, like, breach the thoughts of the people around you. But yeah, I couldn't do it. No. Couldn't do that it. Was back in the uh, the Expanded Universe Star Wars days, uh, Luke had a Jedi at his academy who could read mind, use the Force to kind of skim minds, or like read minds or something stupid like that. <laughs> the Jedi had to be, like, permanently just away from people because he always could... It was always uncomfortable for him being around people he could read the minds of. Are we talking about Kylo Ren here? This is the expanded universe back back when Disney didn't oh. have their little fingers in it. Back when all that stuff was canon. <laughs> right. Sadness. Yeah, right? Glory days of Imperial Knights and Darth Cadus and all that and such. All right, well, other powers here... Uh, well, the force. I mean, be, speaking of powers, oh, that'd sure. be a cool one. To That's have. a good like catch-all power. Yeah, because it's essentially as effective as you want it to be. Like, are you a Jedi? Are you going to study and train it and develop this control? And then sometimes you can lift rocks. Are you going to be a Sith, where you're just arcing lightning at every problem that life throws at oh, you and Sith, warping no them out? Right? It's no like freaking doubt. It blew my mind. I used to play that Star Wars Old Republic MMO mm -hmm. for like two weeks just yeah, to see what I it was about. It, it, it just blew my mind that there were people who didn't choose Sith. Yeah. You know, like, how are there any Jedi for the Sith to fight in this it's game? Like you're taking the less fun route through the game. Like, yeah. Come on, yeah. Come on. I, it's like the people who play GTA and, like, obey the, the, the <laughs> it's like traffic red light and stuff. You know, like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I never kill in cold blood. It's like, all right, you wasted $60. Yeah. You just go so out driving a, around. This is a murder simulator. <laughs> oh, I, my uh, go to power anytime we venture anywhere near this conversation magneto the power oh man to manipulate metal yeah yeah i think i might even take that over teleportation you think so i mean think about it i mean think of the power yeah think it's of the power it's such a powerful like offensive ability you know because you'd be essentially untouchable well you know was it um age of apocalypse where he killed however many people mm. with that little medallion or what was it that he in the opening sequence where... Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, that yeah, necklace, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the comics, right, at some point, his uh, control of his ability is so acute that he can, like, alter the magnetic fields of the constituent atoms of different things. Yeah. He can, like, melt steel and... Ugh. You know, you, you're saying it's more of an offens offensive power. It makes me think, like, if, uh, if I'm not planning on killing people with it, what, what's the point? You're kind of, it'd be <laughs> like owning a Ferrari and just driving it to the grocery store every now and then. I could be <laughs> the most overpaid and easy working construction there worker there ever yeah. was. Just be like just a welder or something. Just like, there you go. Done. There you go. Yeah. I'm a one man construction crew. I've been watching a little of uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix and Kilgrave's power terrifying yeah oh yeah 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 what does he do again he's I got that remember. power suggestion right he just asks you to do something and you're oh, kind of compelling right. you have to, yeah you have to do it and See, i don't think you can say you'd want that power because then you're like wow you're 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 a dick right and the thing is you could never have like an honest relationship with another person right can you really call a friend a friend if they are forced well at can some he control level? it or is it like any time he gives an order it like becomes inherent. The, the show actually deals a little with that, where he's trying yeah. to get Jessica to actually like him. He couldn't deal with not... with with no's. He couldn't deal with the word no, so he kind of just went back to being evil. I need to watch that show more. 
yeah it's good yeah the second half is really good it started getting really good she wasn't out having sex with everybody <laughs> well that was just it when i started watching it was like every other scene where her and luke cage like breaking beds and pretty stuff. much it it's like, yeah. on, like how many times i gotta see this yeah I've, I've got no comment that's my superpower is to uh awkward awkward superhero sex scenes <laughs> there you go <laughs> what about you jack shape-shifting or like a uh, multiple Ooh. man hmm. shape-shifting you know i have often thought about like cloning myself sending one of them to work yeah exactly i'd, I'd be afraid one of my clones stuff. would kill me you're ordering them around all the time so they just start getting <laughs> jealous and mad at you why are we gonna do everything <laughs> <laughs> but if you just like refresh the clone now and again you get a new one that doesn't remember how you well, mistreated this one's the becoming one. insubordinate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Be like, uh, you ever see that movie, The Prestige? Uh, no. With uh, mm-hmm. Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, if I'm not mistaken, and David Bowie as Nikola Tesla in no. the best casting decision of all time. And uh, well, I, I'll, actually, I kind of spoiled it already just by bringing it up. See the movie. I'm going to skip this joke and we'll just isn't, move forward. Isn't it a six or seven year old movie? It, it's fine to spoil things. It's not a that. new one, but it's it'd be cooler. For, I'm doing this as a favor to my friend, sir, not the audience. Uh, okay. They can All fend right. for themselves. I just blanked. I had something to say and it's fucking gone. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed this whole thing. No, you're thing. fine. It's so weird not hearing myself. I'm still I know, trying to I'm come still, to terms with I'm not with used it. to it either. <laughs> if you killed your own clone, is that murder or suicide? No, 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 not getting into it. <laughs> wouldn't you have to like? Uh, wouldn't you have to like feel that no matter what you consider it? I mean, if you kill a clone, it's essentially a shit, part of man. you, right? I mean, I'm assuming this is like uh, the guy from the third X Men movie who just kind of stands there and has copies <laughs> yeah. of himself walking out yeah. of himself. I would say, you know what? I think that the answer to that question, it's like a function of time. If you clone yourself and it spends five years creating a life, it's got a girlfriend, maybe it's got a kid, an apartment, a nice job, then you kill him, that's murder. If you clone out or it's, whatever it's the phrase would be. justified murder if my clone has a better life than I do. Well, sure. <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> He comes back after two days. Well, I'm going to be moving out here. I, uh, <laughs> the hell you are. <laughs> I made you. Get back I will inside destroy me. you. <laughs> Get, <gross>. Get back <laughs> inside me. <laughs> You'd kill him and take his life back over. Oh, there's a thought. You could create like a gross of clones. Wow. See which one does the best and just like slip Step on in. in. Yeah. It's like, well, thanks for everything. <laughs> yeah, not bad. <laughs> You'd have to nice. send them to different parts of the world, though, or at least different cities, right? right. If someone notices there are 16 of you running around. <laughs> yeah, I saw you, just, you over here yesterday. Well, I wasn't there. Yeah, you were. You just keep leaping between successful clones that you've <laughs> yes, made. Right. <laughs> well, I saw you at the coffee you. shop this morning, then I came back that afternoon, you were banging my wife. What's the deal? How are you in two places at once? <laughs> Oh, man. Well, it'd be better than having, like, a clone of, like, like Mr. Meeseeks or whatever. <laughs> oh, wow, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, Can't wow, do. <laughs> uh, if I had a Meeseeks box, I would abuse the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. I, I do have one. It just it's, it's just non-functional. Yeah. It's just a replica for show. All right. Is this is this conversation just kind of pandering now? Or? It's possible. I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun, though. That was fun. So... With that behind us, let's take a dive into the comic dump bin. So, who would like to go first this week? I will, since no one's volunteering. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I'm probably a few years late on this one, but for Christmas, I finally got the first issue of Hellboy in Hell. Nice. Oh, okay. it's, It's great. It's all over the place. But it's it's a lot of fun. He goes he brings in a lot of the characters Hellboy's fought in the past and he's got to run into them again in hell. And then he this isn't a spoiler at all because it's in the first first couple pages, but he kills Satan. I remember hearing about that and thinking, oh, well that's interesting. <laughs> that I, seems like a big deal. How uh how many issues was that story arc? I'm not sure. I, I've got the first volume, the Number one, Hellboy in Hell. I think there's a few more. I picked up when that series ended. I just went and bought the last one. I hadn't had any prior knowledge of it before that. I just I heard the last one. Somebody was on the show talking up the last issue of that series, so I had to go get it. And 
if I remember correctly, there's very little text, but, uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it. I guess you're, you're reading it, aren't you? Because that's the plan, is to keep reading it. Okay, I'll just <laughs> shut the fuck up, then. Continue. <laughs> I've got nothing else to, to say. It's good. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, All next. Right. <laughs> All right, Hellboy and Hell. I've been meaning to read that one as well. Yeah. It's something I got to... And then it'll be, like, the third time it's been mentioned on the show when I, I come in two weeks from now. Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, have you heard about Hellboy and Hell? No. There's like one dude in like Ontario or something who listens to the show religious like, oh damn it. I think we do have one person in Ontario who listens to the show. Hey, shout out to my boy north of the border. There you go. All right, Jack, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go. I've got from creator Bob Sally from Salvagers. Hey, hey. Another one from him. I'm sorry, who? Uh, ja- Bob <laughs> Sally? Never heard of him. Jasper Starlight Tavern. Oh, it's really? It's a webcomic. Yeah, it's a webcomic. It takes place. It, it's kind of. It ri- reminds me of at the end of Spaceballs, the little like greasy spoon that they go to, oh, where yeah. there's just all kind of random people there. Well, this takes place in the the Salvagers universe, but there's all kind of like every sci-fi character cameo shows up, and it's just like a like a three or four panel, uh, one laugh or what what do you call them like Sunday Funnies comic strip, right. each page. But there's a couple of different ones that I saw that were pretty funny. Like uh, the bartender is just this regular black guy and he's sitting there. Uh, there's a blonde lady comes up to the bar and he's like, oh, you, hold on. You know, I'm real busy. Um, a bunch of pirates came in here and tore the place up. And she's like, oh, don't, go ahead. Take your time. And then he's just like, oh, so you're all here by yourself. I'll take uh, whatever your strongest drink is. And he's like, all right, well, here you go. What do I owe you? Oh, nothing. It's on the house. And he's like, okay, uh, you know, can I walk you to your ship or something? And she's like, no, thanks. I'm good. And puts on her helmet. And it's Samus from the Metroid from Nintendo. Oh, really? And then there's another one where uh, the waitress, she spills a bunch of food and all of a sudden looks over and is like, I need a medic. And then there's a guy with a Starfleet shirt on, gold Starfleet shirt on. He's like, I ah, don't worry about it. It's okay. I always bring one of these with me, one of these guys with me to see if the uh, the food's poison. And of course, it's a red shirt Starfleet guy. <laughs> that was a. Uh, I can never remember the character's name. Was it like Grigsby or Grigsby or uh, uh, Brigby? Brigby. Yeah. That was his hangout in Salvagers, right? Yeah. There's also one of, like his type of alien that works there too. He's like the the jack of all trades, fix it guy. This one's funny. There's another one that I had. This big fat guy fat alien sitting there eating food and he's like finally i was starting to get you know starting to starve and all of a sudden you see him choking and everyone's freaking out all the the employees and they're like is there a doctor in the house and then the last panel shows like six people saying i don't know is there a doctor in the house and it's dr mccoy the doctor from galaxy quest uh the doctor from deep or not uh the next generation star trek zoidberg and doctor who <laughs> that sounds awesome. They're pretty clever. There's like the aliens from Starship Troopers are in it. Oh, uh, Predators are in it. The Xenomorphs from Alien are they're in it a lot. But, like any any sci-fi character makes a cameo pretty much, and it. it's pretty fun. That does sound fun. Good on you, Bob. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. have to get him back on the show, <laughs> right? You think if we uh, get him back on the show, we could do like a, a part two of the TV theme songs like we did before? Yeah. That would be, I'd be freaking down fun. Probably. He's got a Kickstarter coming on for a new new project pretty soon. So. Oh, oh, shit, son. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> We're coming for you, Bobby. If you say his name three times in a mirror, he appears behind you with the new issue of Salvagers. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to run to the bathroom. It, it's a huge scheduling problem for him. <laughs> very inconsiderate if you don't talk to him first. Very cool. Very cool. All right, uh, I'm going to save you for last because you've been sure. talking your comic up all day. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed pretty about it, so by all means, it, so. get this nonsense out of the way while we wait for the good stuff. <laughs> and there are those who might uh, see it as such. But uh, every now and then I uh, talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series in the comic dump bin, just kind of poke my uh, head in. Well, I've stayed consistent with it, but to let the lis- listeners know where I'm at, because I know how much they care. State of know? the turts. <laughs> right. So uh, the last time I touched on this <laughs> was when uh, Toro Masamuni was on uh, Shredder oh, from yeah, the Michael Bay right. uh, uh, TMNT movie. And uh, Splinter had just taken control of the Foot Clan. He was in control of the Foot and uh, was doing some questionable things that the Turtles weren't really kosher with. Ever since he uh, killed Splinter killed Shredder, there's been a huge power struggle in New York. And... 
there's been there's this new guy I can't remember his name off the top of my head but he came to power and he brought this new army of uh, uh, kind of like they, they wear this cloak that let, makes them walk through walls kind of like a ghost and shit sounds dangerous yeah so whatever you know another force <laughs> that they'll take no big out deal. whatever <laughs> it's the titles you know you can't fuck them anyway uh, this force this guy I don't remember again don't remember his name he takes Hostage, uh, Harold, the scientist, who is a good friend to the Turtles, especially Donatello. Uh, they collaborate on making a lot of different things like portals and like Metalhead and stuff like that. So uh, Splinter, the Turtles, and the entire Foot Clan are, in this issue, raining havoc upon his complex to save this scientist, save Harold. As well as Casey Jones, who has seized control of the Purple Dragons. <laughs> so right now it's like the Turtles and uh, their friends and family pretty much are in charge of New York City for the most part. But anyway, they storm the base. They uh, they have a final throwdown with the main boss. And they, they beat him. Splinter whoops the crap out of him. And he stands before him and says, Everything that you own and everything you are now belongs to us. And the turtles kind of take back and like, well, what did he say? And the the guy on his knees says, no way, never. I'd never give my life work away to a rodent. <laughs> and with that, I think before he even finishes a sentence, Splinter says, like, do it or something. And this assassin blades him from behind, kills him. And this really throws the turtles off. Like, like a non-turtle assassin. Yeah. Like, like he's what got are you muscle. Doing? Like he had and... surrendered. Like this is, goes against everything that you've... Uh, ever taught us and he goes things are different now you know I have the foot clan uh, as the with this clan it's our duty to keep the streets and my family safe and that's what I intend to do and he goes and I don't intend for you to understand that right now so if you guys need to go you can go and it ends with them parting ways the four of the tur- turtles go away and splinter stays with the foot so I'm hoping what eventually happens I mean this would suck for the characters but for an interesting story arc for this to fester and grow to the point where at the end of the series it's a showdown with the turtles against Splinter in the foot. There's no way they're going to pass up that kind of opportunity. It's got to be so cool. It would would do something with the franchise that hadn't been done in previous incarnations. So there it is. Issue 64 of the IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Nice. And then there was Jake. Hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're out of time. For oh, you know what? No. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. <laughs> Don't you dare step on this. I'm excited about this one. All right. Well, well like I said, this this comic is, is old news. It's not new by any stretch. and It's been making the rounds on the Internet for a long time. So I, I'm behind the times. But I was excited enough about that I thought I absolutely had to share it. It's called The Enigma of Amigara Fault by... Junji Ito. Now, mind you, I don't have a really strong grasp of Japanese names, so it's possible I'm mispronouncing that, but near as I can tell, his name's Junji Ito. I don't know what happened to this dude when he was a child, or what factors came together throughout his upbringing that turned him into what he is now, but the inside of this guy's head must be a very scary place to be. Um, This story, he's got lots of stuff out there, little one-offs and short horror things. Uh, This one, I think, is probably one of his better known it starts with some tectonic upheaval, uh, shifting this fault line and bringing up this huge shelf of rock, and there are these human silhouette-shaped holes in the face of the sort of cliff that's been created. And people are wondering, well, how the hell did they get there? You know, they were buried so deep underground. Who could have made this? Is this some ancient civilization? Blah, blah, blah. And people are flocking to this site because they feel weirdly drawn to it and you've got these two characters who are essentially irrelevant because it's like the events unfolding that keep you interested they're at this sort of campsite that sprung up around it with people who who just need to be close to it for whatever reason and they see this guy who's stripped down and he's climbing up the face of the rock screaming i found it this one's for me this one's mine everyone's trying to stop him but he finds this hole that fits his body perfectly presses himself into it and he starts slowly sliding into the cliff and out of sight. Oh my. And he's gone. And other people are trying to do this. And this main character, this boy it's following, who's kind of exploring this whole situation, he keeps having these nightmares of getting sucked into the rock and how over the over the course of the long journey through the through the tunnel that this creates, his body gets stretched out 
and mutated, and it should be tearing him apart, but it's just making him long and bizarre, and he's having these weird recurring dreams. The story culminates, there's a little bit of drama between him and this girl, and he's trying to convince her not to do what the crazy guy did, while at the same time he's kind of fighting the urge. And the story culminates with him giving in and slipping into the crevice, the, the one that's shaped just right for him. And miraculously, it is. Everyone's able to find the hole that's made for them. Really? Yeah, it's very bizarre. He slips into it and gets extruded through the rock. And just like in his nightmare, it starts to stretch him out and twist and break his limbs. And then you see this survey team who find the opposite end of this site, where this weird tectonic whatever it is has created another cliff face where instead of human-shaped silhouettes, you've got these weird, wormy, snake-like holes. They're vaguely humanoid, but they're just openings in the rock. One of them shines a light inside, and there's that guy from earlier, and he's been twisted and warped into this shrieking, monstrous thing. You know, his mouth is about three feet long, he's got these little beady eyes up top, and it's just moaning and shifting. And at some point, all these people who press themselves into the rock are going to be you know, essentially, it's gross, but they're just going to be shit out of the cliff as these horrible loping monsters. And it really stuck with me. It was... Wow. Yeah, it's disturbing stuff. And it, the art is very, very... Um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Good. Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't quite figure that one out. No, the... Uh, <laughs> the art is really, uh, it's a really big part of the tone. It's it just, everything comes together. It's very creepy. And I, I had actually found this comic. I, I get in these moods where I've got to find weird, creepy shit and, you know, lose sleep over it. Not you. No, I, why me, right? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I found this comic from someone who had been an avid listener of this next thing, which I became obsessed with, which is another podcast called the No Sleep Podcast, where other weird, imbalanced people like myself, I guess, you listen to this show, ideally, instead of sleeping, where they aggregate short amateur horror stories and creepypastas and things like that, and they bring in a voice acting cast to act it out like a radio drama. Sound effects and original music and things like that. Really fascinating stuff. The production quality is excellent. Quality of the story varies depending on personal taste, since it's all kind of like user submitted and things you right. find throughout the internet. But uh, but yeah, starting with the Amagara Fault, I found my way stuck into this. Spent the next three hours listening to short horror stories. It's it's something worth looking into. It's called the No Sleep Podcast. I don't know if I mentioned that already. Well, I know you had off air. I'm not sure if you had already, but you just did. Oh, well, there it is, everyone. No <laughs> Sleep Podcast. Absolutely worth checking out. I'll probably listen to more of it tonight and develop a, a sleep deprivation problem that may or may not kill me. We'll so are these are these reenactment things they do, like these, these radio theater things? I, they must be uh, scary sounding. I mean, if oh, absolutely. Sleep. Yeah, they're, they're very atmospheric. They've got, um, I forget the name, but they've got a musician, sort of a go-to who handles the score for these stories and really helps build the tension. And uh, they've got some really excellent um, voice talent at work, too. It's it's all really fascinating. I'm going to check that out tonight. It's no worth sleep. a look, yeah. I'm looking at it now, and it's it's creepy as anybody's business. It's good. Oh, yeah, and they've, <laughs> they've got some really fantastic um, little cover art images for their episodes. The Enigma of Amigara Fault by Junji Ito. Check out the rest of his stuff if you want to feel cold forever. So I guess bring a sweater. Uh, and the No Sleep Podcast, which fucking rules. And uh, check it out. I'm definitely going to. That you sounds should. awesome. Yeah. I'm looking at that last page of that. Yeah, last, yeah, last good, page good God. How terrible yeah. is that? I can't wait to put that up on Instagram. I'm the odd man out here. I got to go look this stuff up. I can't stop looking at it. I know. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'd say a successful comic dump bin right Hope there. So. So with that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Scott Markley and talk about Stellar Detective Tales, The Hunt for Living Shadow. Thanks again for being with us, Scott. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So this, uh, you being on the show was kind of a last-minute thing, and I, I really appreciate you uh, being on the show, one. But uh, two, did, we didn't have a lot of time to really uh, delve into. Like, there was, a what, like a, the first three chapters, I think, were on Amazon yeah, yeah, to were. read. So can you uh, just tell us about Stellar Detective Tales? So yeah, the plot, the the basic idea is take a 1930s noir movie, take the main character of that, and put him in a 70 or 70s or 80s sci-fi. Sold. So, 
the main character is a detective from the 30s on a spaceship in the year 2173 and it's a, it's a colony ship so he's going to be stuck there the rest of his life solving crimes in a world he knows absolutely nothing about and I'll go ahead and spoil the complete first chapter for everyone listening because it, it <laughs> is important to understand the mumbo jumbo I'm going for a very pulp theme, so none of the science is at all accurate at all. (laughs) So the book opens up with uh, Sammy Teagues and Mag Chavez, who are cops aboard this spaceship. The spaceship's called the New York because it's the size of New York City, because that's where you need to have a detective story. Obviously. And everyone calls it the knock because they've been traveling for a hundred or so years and saying New York, New York, New York over and over and over (laughs) just leads to knock. So they're aboard the knock and they're hunting for the serial killer who stole what Sammy Teagues calls a magic gun. It's not magic, it's bullshit science. And so they're hunting for the serial killer and the magic gun turns out to shoot space-time rifts. So it takes things from one area of time and space and moves them to another area of time and space, which means if it hits you, you're probably dead. So the first chapter ends with Sammy Teagues getting shot through the eyeball into the brain with the magic gun. Then the second chapter takes you back to the 30s with Leslie Flint, who is a detective. He's 40-something years old on the job, and that chapter ends with him dying as well. I won't even spoil how that happens. But his brain gets transported through space and time into the body of Sammy Teagues. So he spends most of the book pretending to be Sammy Teagues because he knows if he opens his mouth and reveals he's not Sammy Teagues, they're going to throw him in an insane asylum and he's going to be his, all of his hopes kind of lost. So he's trying to solve crimes as a police detective in a spaceship using technology he's never seen and he can't even use a microwave, but he does know how to be a detective. I just have to ask, where do you come up with this concept? <laughs> so I got a lot of the uh, inspiration from stories similar to John Carter of Mars or Samurai Jack or The Legend of Drizzt, where you take someone who's an expert in their field in, a, in, a, in an insular world and you toss them as far as possible from that insular world and have them confront what what are their skills but what are their weaknesses because someone who's skilled in in a in a bubble doesn't know all their weaknesses right so it's sort of that that was the general idea and it's fun dealing with a society that has androids because the humans aboard the knock are kind of racist towards the androids they see the androids as a lesser race and they're they're better because they're human And Flint's able to come from the 30s and go, what the hell? And it kind of sparks something in him because he's like, so the societal constructs are just that. They're constructs of whatever society you're part of. So he's able to just kind of point out the bullshit of everything while at the same time still not being able to use a microwave or a door correctly. (laughs) And, you know, on the subject of uh, different cultures and societal constructs, how long have they been adrift in this in this spaceship? A hundred years is what I, I went with. They they launched a hundred years ago, so they launched in 2073. It's now 2173, and he went missing in 1930. Okay, and over the course of these hundred years, are there still like very clear cultural divides, or has everyone kind of become this? Like, are they a culture unto themselves, or is it so sort the, of split uh, up? There, it is sort of a, a new generation. Everyone, most of the people who are alive, grew up on the ship, so there is a kind of culture to the ship. There's the 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 boroughs of New York I've turned into the districts, and each area of the ship is meant for different things. You do have Manhattan sure. and Queens and the Bronx, and they're each meant for different things, and the, the book takes place in different areas. And each one of those has a clear, very stereotypical culture. And then there's the underbelly, which is the areas of the ship that aren't used for anything. So the people who aren't... Being on a ship is by kind of its nature a little socialistic you have to get to get you have to cooperate with everyone because you're on a you're on a ship and the people who don't want to kind of fall through the cracks and live in these in the underbelly 
which is based, it's an area of just nothing but people trying to avoid the government. And that's where most of the story takes place. I just love the uh, concept of recolonization. Oh, yeah. I mean, in general, that sounds really uh, freaking cool. I mean, you said the total trip is about 200 years? The total trip's going to be around 1,000 years. A thousand so he's years. not going to be alive. He's not going to be alive to see it. They're, they're going towards Proxima Beta, which is the closest planet that we might be able to live upon. Um, there's a whole subplot, depending on how many books I go through, that he's going to unravel a, a plan the government has, because why not, <laughs> about, this new, about this new planet. And I really like that sort of displaced hero concept. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of fun. And it was just reading. I'd read John Carter recently and I've read The Legend of Drizzt for a while. And it's just such a fun way to take the best of a society and just completely show that they're not the best of all societies. But yet they, they still have value. If you don't mind me respectfully disagreeing with you, I think the drow are the best of all societies. <laughs> no matter what criteria. So let's just agree All to right. disagree. I'll All right, we will agree to disagree. <laughs> we will agree. The, the the dark gnomes, totally the best. Right? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you that. I do like this Furf Nebler. So we're on even terms, I think. On Amazon, uh, like we were saying, the first three uh, chapters are available to read. How long exactly is this book? All right, so it's longer than the first Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book, but shorter than The Hobbit. So it's, it's that sounds book. pretty manageable. And and is this going to be a uh, standalone, or are you going to like have a series of books on this uh, same voyage? I'm hoping to do a series of books. The guy who does the webcomic PvP, um, Scott Kurtz, he wrote a book called Making Webcomics, or co-wrote a book, and he mentions the importance of the number three. That after any creative endeavor should strive to reach three books or whatever you're looking for, because then you can judge the quality of it, if it's going, if it has a future. So I'm going to do at least three and then see what's next. That's a good idea. Makes sense, that, too. Absolutely. Does that three work for podcasts? Episodes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no. We're just going to pull the cord at 300. There you go. <laughs> we did it, guys. Well, that's awesome. So where can uh, listeners then go to check out uh, this free sample? Is it just on your uh, Amazon author profile? Is that right? Yep. yep. The Amazon author profile, it's amazon.com slash author slash Scott Markley. I also did a Christmas special. A Christmas that I can, special. I can find the I, I thought it would be really neat to have a Christmas special. It's a short story of him trying to help this kid find – a kid hires him to find his teddy bear. And the kid's money's good, so he's like, why not? And it ends up going on this big adventure. The, the, the bear's actually something really valuable. He beats up Santa's reindeer. It's about time they got there. <laughs> it's, he, goes into a bar. he goes into a bar, and there's these nine gangers, and it's Dash, Dan, Rudy. Like, they're, they're obviously the reindeer. And, and he, he beats them up, because why not? Why not? Indeed, that's a uh, man. I want to see that now. Is that still up? That one is still up, and that one is free. But it Fantastic. does take place. It, it does take place after the book, so it's a little like I don't understand. But I tried to make sure I fit enough of the book stuff in there that it can be read alone. Nice. I'm gonna have to check that out. And, and well, that's... Fine. that one's definitely there's a link to it on the Stellar Detective Tales Facebook page. I know that. So okay. well, we can definitely yeah. find it. Now, when we last had you on all the way back in 2014, we were discussing a little comic called Unconscious. And uh, we have had the pleasure since then of having Itchy grace our bookmarks <laughs> and <true>. our uh, <laughs> Twitter banner, if you haven't noticed. So uh, thank you again for that. And uh, how is that comic series going? That one is currently on hold. Um, I have had life kind of hit me in the face. And the areas I now have free time, I have more access to Google Docs and Microsoft Word than I do Photoshop and Flash. Uh, so I have more time to write, less time to draw. And so Unsee's kind of met a, uh, a stalemate in his life. I do plan on going back. <laughs> And finishing it at some point, but he's he's currently on the back burner. 
Well, be sure you do finish it. Those are uh, some endearing little characters you made. Absolutely. There. They're awesome. He does have a current life, and a friend of mine is part of a, a group, uh, Creators United. And I think that's where I met you guys, um, perhaps. But he's been doing something called um, Liberty's Heroes or something, where he takes a bunch of independent comic characters and puts them into World War II. He needed a, a bad guy, and I'm like, well, Unsee would have still been alive then, and he's enough of a dick that he might have worked with the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> so he uses Unsee as this this Cobra-esque hero in his comic. He, they're, they're more like short story comics, and they're not really... They're not everywhere right now, but he, he's been doing a neat job just making Unsee into this very, I'm going to have this elaborate scheme and it's going to go terribly wrong because it's too elaborate and he's he's not actually a bad guy. He's just a dick. I'm going to see that. That's awesome. Who did that? <laughs> um, it's John Arujo, uh, A-R-A-U-J-O. And he might have, let me check if he has a Facebook page for Liberties, uh, Liberties Commandos, maybe, perhaps? Yeah, it's a Liberty's Commandos. I don't know if it'll be able to search on Facebook for every page for it. Now, are you going to be, uh, I don't know if I asked you this last time, uh, are you going to be on the con circuit at all with Stellar Detective Tales or no? That's the plan. I, I really enjoy cons and getting a creative workout is almost an excuse that I did just to go to more conventions <laughs> because I, I've missed them greatly over the past year because I haven't had anything out in the past year. And I've been thinking about making my table a sort of escape room where I, I build the interior of a, a badly made spaceship and have a, you know, a little detective hunt where they need to, to solve the, the clues to get out of the get out of my table. <laughs> that would be cool. No one else is doing that. No, I haven't seen anything like that. Solve the mystery or pay me ten dollars. That's the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the $10. No, would you like to buy my book? <laughs> Very cool, man. Well, I uh, definitely hope you uh, make it toward Ohio. We get to see you. Or are you? Where are you located? I'm in Virginia, so I'm not terribly far. I'm in the same time zone I found out today. I found that out <laughs> yesterday. Okay. I'm in the tam- same time zone. So that's not too bad. I couldn't remember where you were. I was thinking you were out west for some reason, but uh, you're not. Very cool. And I'm so guessing we- I could beg for some couch space if I went out that way. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, you could purchase some couch space. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, you're welcome to use Trade your couch. Trade for a couch, no. Okay. You just have to find uh, clues on how to get out or pay me 10 bucks. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. Whoever came up with that idea is a jerk. <laughs> no, absolutely. Just let us know, man. Well, man, this has been a whole hell of a lot of fun, and we're going to put links up on our website and on Twitter to help uh, direct people Damn right, to your bro. Amazon page and uh, get you checked out. So thanks again for being with us today, Scott. Thanks for having me, guys. Jack, what have we got on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice. Check out some of our videos from our YouTube page. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on your, our contact page. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Laugh at my funny jokes, especially the ones I work really hard on, and then no one thinks they're funny but me. Please. I think they're funny. And you can figure I out think they're Jake's hilarious. last name is actually Runyon and not Ryan like you thought earlier in the show. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And I, I have to, uh, really quick, pay respect to uh, somebody who, I shouldn't say somebody, something that has been with Candare ever since the beginning and today passed away. My Alessis Blue Mixer that we've always used to do this. Uh, as corny as it sounds, I am heartbroken. I, I love this little mixer. I've had it for years and... Uh, it did a hell of a good job. So, uh, I, I, what do I do? Do we do we have uh, twenty one gun solution? Like we could light a candle, but no one at home. <laughs> you, have put an in mo- you have to put an in memoriam picture on the web page. We'll, we'll put something up. That That's what do. we'll do. That's yeah. as as we With a nice, up. like, soft filter. It's like hazy flowers and stuff. Photoshopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Candlelight vigil. <laughs> yeah. Like we're having to you wait will for be something. Missed. I didn't know her long, but she endeared herself to me in that short time. So I <laughs> feel had it too. a fling one night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Okay? Why it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, don't forget to uh, go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us some comments. It helps out more than you can ever possibly imagine. Oh, and uh, if any of our loyal listeners are going to be at OhioCon this weekend, mm. uh, check out your boy Jake there. He's going to be doing a little independent research. Scoop Runyon on the scene. Oh, boy. So we're going to have some coverage uh, next week. Damn right we? we are. Hails to the yeah. I like that. All right. Well, I can't wait for that. And uh, yeah, Jake's just going to be walking around saying, I'm with Candair. Candair <laughs> here. So, Candair, uh, everyone. Keep an ear out. Just line up nice and orderly. I'll do the autographs thing. They'll be free for the first 30, 40. Then I'm thinking 10, 15 bucks a pop. There you go. There you have it. Sounds like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And I'm Scott Markley. Thanks for listening, everyone. Instead of writing your name, write CandairPodcast.com and help spread the word. Well, that's a great idea. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Supposing. Oh yeah. Ooh. I've been horrible. watching. What uh, what the fuck were we just talking about? Uh, oh, Jack was talking about shape shifting and multiplying of Yeah. yeah. <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On conflicted we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.